0: Welcome to our final episode of series 65 everyone in today's episode we wrap up our spooky micro RPG series with two more games our spookiest yet which I originally wrote in these notes but I don't think they're spookiest yet they are very serious though
1: they are very serious absolutely. After the episode, uh, join us back here for our usual thoughts on this recording, as well as our normal announcements and shout outs about our Patreon, some info about a CatCon event, events and an upcoming charity event by one of our friends.
0: Until then, enjoy the show, everyone.
1: Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we discuss and create characters, the best part of role playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and in this episode, my co host Amelia and I talk to ourselves and each other about even more micro games that would be a great fit for Spooky Month.
0: Last week we got a little bit spookier, and today we're going to turn it up even more in our final episode of this series. We are talking about Lichen Tree by Bo Yagra Sheldon and A Green Hour, The Dying Land by Jian Shim, both from the Ultimate Micro RPG book.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So let's go ahead and get into this, and we're going to start by discussing what these games are all about.
0: What's in a game? A quick content warning for this game uh, based on what's in the book. Obviously, we haven't recorded it yet, so... I don't know what we'll come up with. <laughs> um, but for this game, it lists monsters and family drama.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So Lycan Tree, the story of your werewolf family's history. So interesting choice. Uh, we're not going to be able to play a full game because the playtime for this is three to four hours. Um, but the fun thing is, is this is a solo RPG. We haven't really covered too many solo RPGs on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um but we thought uh, we're doing a whole bunch of different spooky micro games. Why not throw in a solo one as well?
0: Yeah. And we figured it would be fun to kind of just collaborate on one character situation, I guess. It's not one yeah. character, but one character situation. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can tell a story with more than one person. If yeah, you exactly. Want. Collaborate. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so this one uh, needs a pen and paper, a D6, a D10, uh, and some sort of safety tool uh, if you need it, uh, in case you go somewhere uh, unexpected uh, with yourself. Um, It's always good to have that on hand. Uh, The goal is to explore the family history of your lichen tree and find your own path. Genre is horror, tone is serious, and uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it looks like it could be an interesting, like, look at a werewolf growing up in a werewolf family,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it explores your family history. And so, you know, like, how does that affect you and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to read the, the full description here yeah. that it starts with. In Lichen Tree, you play the youngest member of your werewolf pack who's exploring the history of your Lichen Tree the events that created your family. Your pack is a biological family that collectively raises young, and you are very long-lived. You can trace over lifetimes the individual stories and the pack's legacy by interviewing family and reading their journals. By doing this, you will find your own path through the visions of the Lichen tree.
1: Yeah, so it's it's really interesting because it's like, you know, Going through your ancestry, and like a lot of people in could could have lived for centuries, yeah. uh, In in your uh werewolf family, mm-hmm. um, so you're supposed to play through interviewing them effectively and and whatnot, which is really interesting.
0: So the setup.
2: Yeah. Let's make some people.
0: You draw your pack like and tree on a sheet of paper. And name up to five PAC members, including yourself, as well as your maternal parent and at least one adult sibling, aunt, or uncle. So, the way I read this is you name up to five PAC members, including yourself and the maternal parent and at least one adult.
1: So, you'd be making five
0: total. That includes yourself and one of the, and a maternal parent and then the other one. So, that's three named, and then you can do. Another two. Yes. That's how I read it. You originally read it as five, including yourself, and then another three.
1: Yeah. Or um, another two on top of that. Yeah. So like I, I I think it can read either way. So you're you're either doing at least three um and at most seven is how I read that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I read up to five.
1: Yeah. Total. Honestly, let's just do five total because yeah. seven sounds too much
0: <laughs> it's a it's a lot a lot of things it to is talk about certainly a lot okay yeah exactly all right so who do we want to have we have ourselves
1: yep so we for sure have a maternal parent right and what do we want a an adult sibling an aunt or an uncle uh for the third one
0: um hmm.
1: a second either sibling or aunt for yeah. some reason
0: yeah let's go with aunt Okay, and then what else do we want? I mean, because we could have a sibling as well. Yeah, we have to name th- two more. Mm-hmm.
1: I th- I think having a sibling would be nice as well. Okay, I, mean, I think a grandparent
0: mm.
2: would
1: kind of uh, even things out a bit.
0: Okay, mom's be able to mom go
1: back even further.
0: Is that our mom's mom maternal grandparent? Um, yeah, we could do that. Okay, feels like if we do a paternal one, we also have to name a dad and. Right. That's another That's person, just so much so. work. Well, we also can't well, we, we said five, so.
1: Yeah. Is the dad, would the dad have to be a werewolf? Um, Guess that's it depends on the werewolf lore. And this just assumes you're a family of werewolves.
0: Well, yeah, but if you name a paternal a grandparent there and your dad's not a werewolf, then your grandpa is probably not on your lichen tree.
1: That's true.
0: That's not really how that would work. That's and true. also, that's too many people, then.
2: <laughs> too many people.
0: Uh, okay, so we yeah. have a maternal grandmother, our mom, us, a sibling, and an aunt. Yes. Okay. Uh, now we have to give them all names and pronouns.
1: I know. Well, we're going to be the youngest one. mm mm-hmm. um, So we do have an older sibling. Interesting. Okay.
0: We just got to name them.
1: Yeah. It's just okay. just to name them. Okay, so what's a good last name for this family?
0: Do we need last name? I don't think we need a last name.
1: I guess we could go without a last
0: name. I was just imagining first names.
1: Sure. I mean, if a last name comes to us, we can go with that to tie them all together.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So we're talking um, somebody probably born in the 1800s, late 1800s, maybe as our mother. Okay. Okay. It's a good eighteen hundreds, uh, name. Let me look, oh,
0: <laughs> popular names of the eighteen eighties. They are what you think they would be: Mary, Anna, Emma, Elizabeth, Margaret, Alice, Annie, Florence, Bessie, Grace, Ethel.
2: Hmm.
1: I like Margaret.
0: Okay. She. Her. Yeah. Okay.
1: What about Grandma?
0: Okay, well, mom's from the 1800s, then our maternal grandmother's from like 1600s?
1: Yeah, I think 1600s at the latest, early 1700s.
0: I mean, so like the ones that would be used in the Americas are all just going to be like Mary, Peter, John, you know, because right. they were mostly Christians heading over here.
1: Well, I mean, I think uh, grandma could have come over from Europe, right? Yeah, or wherever.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying that the people that were settled here, they're all going to have that kind of name. So is that? Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but I guess honestly, in England too, it was Margaret, Catherine,
2: right? You right.
0: Know. Um, because we weren't at the Quakers yet, who had the best names. Oh. Yeah, I mean they had cool names like Cadwaller and Trueblood and Sharpless and like.
2: Oh.
0: They, I mean, they just had the best names wild yeah they were great experience Cuppage, what fed a place church what hallelujah fisher humble thatcher wow jane quick quick job bland that's probably job job bland uh love day marvelous scanfield they have such good names
1: that's amazing
0: Reuben Rawbone, Revolution Six Smith, mm. Sherlock Thorpe.
1: I'm going through uh, a given names of 1450 to 1650 list of bunch of names.
0: A lot of Quaker names are like based on um, virtues, mm. um, at least for women. Um, right. There's a lot of patience, silence, temperance. Oh. Comfort (laughs) Cripes. This is a list that like a researcher came across like while working on her research. Yeah. So these are like real people. I'm not just making these up. Amazing. Yeah, there's a couple patients on here. Thankful. Theophilia. Mm. Virgin Kent. Wonderful Mm. Warwick. Ah. These are good.
1: Let's go with patients then. Okay. That's a good one, mhm-hm, right, uh, so patience had um Margaret, our mother,
2: mm-hmm. as well
1: as another daughter at least um yes. let's see our what is our aunt's name then?
0: well, it's gonna be another kind of eighteen hundreds uh-huh name um I mean, it feels like Elizabeth or something like that,
1: yeah, I think Elizabeth would work
0: um our sibling
1: um. Let's see. Do you want us to have a brother or a sister?
0: I was kind of thinking sister. I was kind of thinking all girls.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same. Um okay. So let's see. What is our sister's name? Um,
0: maybe so like, like 1900s kind of name.
1: Yeah, like... Uh,
0: well, no, our mom was late 1800s, we said. Yeah. So maybe like...
1: Mid, mid-1900s, like
0: right? 1930s, maybe?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe even like like post-war, 40, like like, late boomer. 40s, yeah, or uh, could even be like uh, 60s.
0: Yeah, but I uh, want us to be a little older than just like 18,
1: right? Well, right.
0: It's That's an older fair. sibling. But I guess, so the question is like, how far apart do you have kids when you live for centuries?
1: Well, right, Exactly. <laughs>
0: You know, so like I'm thinking, I'm like, my kids are like two years apart. Um, uh-huh. You know, my sibling and I are 13 years apart, I guess. Um, right.
1: Yeah. Cause that age gap is, is like a big deal when you're talking about like, oh, I, I, I just had a baby and like this baby is your sibling now. And by Do the you way, age at
0: the same rate. So like at 50, are you like 10?
1: It feels like you get to uh, age 18, like normally how like this usually works is human. normal human until you reach around 18 or so, mm-hmm. and then it slows way down, like yeah. like elves, I guess, uh, in most
0: things. Okay, so are we thinking like a 60s sibling and then we're in like the 80s? Like yeah, we're just like, like in our 30s now? yeah. 30s, 40s. I, I like
1: a millennial werewolf.
0: Okay, um, so let me look at sixties then instead. See where that gets us. Um, Lisa, Mary, Susan, Karen, Kimberly, Patricia, Linda, Donna. I kinda like Do we Donna. like
1: our older sister?
0: Well, I don't. We're not there yet. We're still just naming. I know.
1: Them. Just wondering if we wanted to name her
0: Karen. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs>
1: Because then we'd have have internet meme leverage over her.
0: Yeah, let's name her Karen.
1: All right. Just in case she turns out to be a not so good older sister.
0: All right. Now we have to name ourselves. Mm hmm. See what are the popular names in the 80s?
1: We're looking at late 80s, right? Yeah. This is like close to your generation.
0: Mm hmm. Jessica, Jennifer, Amanda, Ashley, Sarah, Stephanie, Melissa, Nicole elizabeth heather tiffany these are all people yeah. that i knew
1: i know right <laughs> like why are all these names sounding extremely yeah, familiar is everybody
0: i went to school with Brittany, rebecca uh-huh. laura yeah danielle emily samantha
1: want to just like randomly point your finger at one of them and
0: <laughs> right um how about rachel
1: rachel perfect
0: okay that only took way too long.
1: Yes. Um. <laughs> this is not the racial from Friends. No. Because uh, we already did that bit.
0: Yeah. And I've still not seen Friends.
1: Nope. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have uh, a partial tree. It, it also says leave some open spaces uh, for family members who aren't a part of the pack or who aren't alive today. So it looks like like it, we could have had, like, what if all the the men in our family just weren't werewolves
0: mm-hmm. right yeah and this i think is very possible these are things that'll come up as you like answer the questions and you know learn about your family um because yeah. you start with this family tree all right we have to answer four questions about each pack member and then a roll mm-hmm. then roll a d10 on the chart three times for each of them okay yes record the results uh,
2: and Um, detail
0: in your own words the narrative of what happened in each occasion
1: that's interesting
0: yeah um i'm just trying to decide like where does the kind of creation part end and like
1: that pretty much was the creation i mean it feels like you're creating the backstory of all of these characters through gameplay
0: through them yeah um How does this pack member support the pack and family? How has this pack member shown their unique personality? How does this pack member build trust with the other wolves? What is one time they failed to meet a promise in spite of that? And who is this pack member closest to and how do they show care? Interesting. Yeah. I'm thinking, do we want to just roll these, um, like the solo random rolls? I don't know that we have time to answer all of the questions about right. all of these people.
1: That's what, five times four? That's uh, 20 questions?
0: Yeah, and they aren't easy questions.
1: No. Um, we that...
0: are supposed to answer the questions about ourselves, though. Yeah. So do we want to do that about ourselves?
1: Yeah, let's answer it about ourselves at the very least.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. So question one. Yes. How does this PAC member support the PAC and family?
1: Yeah. So Millennial Rachel... Um, 40 years younger, give or take, uh, than, uh, her next eldest sister mm-hmm. in the pack. Um, and gosh, probably a hundred years younger than her, her mother.
0: Mm-hmm. I think Rachel supports the pack by, um, kind of keeping them in touch with the current world i mean because you're talking yeah. about a grandmother that's like from the 16 1700s um and so you know like you're not a werewolf 100 of the time so you do have to yeah be part of society, part of society and be society. human sometimes yeah. you know so i think that's rachel's true. job is to kind of help educate them and help them blend in continually and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know keep yeah, them safe that way
1: because we're in an era now where technology is outpacing uh the pack. Right. So that makes sense that that us being born into technology, born at the beginning of that boom are the ones that are that are pushing into uh that space and teaching the pack uh about the latest tech and the latest going ons in the world. Yeah. Uh grandma still doesn't understand memes. Right. But, that, right. but that's okay. hmm
0: <laughs> How has this pack member shown their unique personality?
1: Are, are are we more outgoing than the other pack members?
0: Yeah, I think um because we are younger and we've mm-hmm. kind of like grown up with the internet. Keep saying yeah. we, the royal we. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> because
0: Rachel is younger and has grown up with the internet. Rachel has also grown up with AO3.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: So, you know. um, Her perspective
1: on the acceptance of werewolves is dramatically skewed, to say the least.
0: I don't even know that it's skewed so much (laughs) as, like, (laughs) she's definitely less afraid. Yes. Of that part, like, I think the rest of her family is very isolated and, you know, it's like, because we're not accepted by society and we, like, right. no one can know. And Rachel is like, I'm not going to tell people, but if they find out, you know.
1: You know, it might like, it might lead to something. They
0: might be into that. <laughs> yeah.
1: More often than not, according to the internet.
0: Yeah. um. So I think that's that's how it shines through is that she's just more like, I don't want to say careless, but like.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know
0: what's the word.
1: Carefree?
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's more carefree cause... about her werewolf identity.
1: Right, exactly. Like she doesn't flaunt it, but it's uh, nothing that she, you know, keeps hidden away.
0: Right. Yeah. She's not as like paranoid about somebody finding out. Right. She's like, people probably think it's cool and maybe I could get famous for it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: TikTok will love me. (laughs) All right. Number three, how does this pack member build trust with other wolves? And what is one time they failed to meet a promise in spite of that?
1: Hmm.
0: How do you build trust with the other
1: people? I wonder if it kind of goes back to that whole like, okay, you know, I don't mind if this secret gets out, but my family sure does yeah so I build trust by ensuring that the secret does remain secret uh at least for their sakes yeah like we're we're a little careful about it. Rachel's a little careful about it, but like especially when it comes to her family,
0: mm-hmm, she's extremely protective of them,
1: right, and one time they failed to meet a promise in spite of that, yeah is Rachel, like, a relatively recent local cryptid sighting? Oh,
0: interesting.
1: Like, caught on camera sort of deal?
0: Yeah, I mean, we are definitely much more in the age of cell phones and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Um, that makes sense.
1: I'm very curious. Like, werewolf lore has such, like, a diverse set of, like, how the werewolves look like, do you go full wolf when you transform? Do you do you like, you know, part human, part wolf? Are you more monstrosity or do you have more control over
0: yeah. the humanity
1: side? Um,
0: yeah, it's really a broad definition.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so if if it's like closer to wolf, I can see that just being like, oh, big wolf, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but like to make it more interesting to and more uh difficult to hide like i it feels like it has to be a little bit more humanoid
0: yeah a little bit more like monstrous
1: yeah a little bit more monstrous like like can walk upright easily mm-hmm. but runs on all fours sort of deal yeah right? i like that i yeah, like that cuz that's that's just creepy enough um I do also like the thought of these werewolves not being out of control.
0: Yeah, right? I like I like maintaining some uh I don't know what the word is, autonomy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, cuz like a lot of werewolf lore is about oh, I become this werewolf and I lose control of all my autonomy and yeah, and then I just go on a bloodthirst rampage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and I wonder if that might be what it was like for you know Grandma mm. in the past. Yeah, and like over time, maybe she learned to control it more, and maybe that's been passed down
0: through the ages. They've learned some like they've got like werewolf therapists now. Yeah, to like really help you harness that, you know.
1: Right. But it's, it's an interesting thing because, like, when I said, you know, late 1800s for mom mm-hmm. and then, like, we went back 200 full years to mm-hmm. get to grandma, that's a huge gap, 1600s to 1800s. Right. Right? That's so a lot like of time wonder, to learn. Yeah, I wonder if, like, grandma took, like, 100 years to learn how to be, like, fully in control of her werewolf form. Right. Before she felt safe around people, right?
0: Well, yeah. And I think, like, concerns about passing that on as yeah. a thing that you can't control, too. And then eventually she learns that, like, she does have some control of it. And then, yeah. like, okay, if I do pass it on, I can teach this to my child, too. Yep. Yeah.
1: That sounds really cool. All
0: right. And then who is the PAC member closest to and how do they show care?
1: I almost want to say either our aunt or our grandma.
0: We haven't said anything about our aunt. I forgot about our aunt.
1: Yeah. Let's go with our aunt. Okay. Um, Our aunt was born when? She um, would have been late 1800s too, right? Give or take. Y-
0: yeah. I think maybe we said early 1900s.
1: Yeah. Maybe early, early 1900s. That would make sense. I think a younger sister to our mom would be interesting.
0: Yeah. Like
1: 19 yeah. ought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay,
2: yeah, I think our
1: aunt might be the one that uh Rachel is closest to,
0: okay, so our Aunt Elizabeth, yeah, I think maybe we're closest to her because um our Aunt Elizabeth has kind of that similar sort of carefree nature, I think not as much as Rachel um right. but is i I think our mom is like super protective. Yeah. And cautious and you know, slightly paranoid. And yeah. our Aunt Elizabeth is a little bit less so.
1: It's it's really like the younger sibling syndrome, right? Yeah. Like uh I think both our older sibling and our mom are that super protective, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then our aunt and us being the younger kids of our generations, quote unquote, um, we have that more carefree attitude right yeah so i th- i think we we kind of back each other up often yeah like especially in matters of like you know family uh squabbles or whatnot right
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think she shows like they show care sort of by um there's gonna be so much like dead silence in this episode That's fine. i um I think by, like, offering more, like, practical advice on things, whereas our mom is very, like, by the book, this is how it's done, this is, you know, and our, our aunt is much more, like, okay, I know that they say to do it that way, but. Doesn't really work, and right. you know, or like, I don't know why they do it that way, but this method also works, and you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of stuff. Um, just being a little more like flexible with the ways of doing things.
1: Yeah, is your aunt kind of like the mediator?
0: Yeah. Also, like the person whose house you can go to after you've had a fight with mom.
1: Oh yeah, because we're millennials, we can't afford to live away from home. No. that's the true horror of this game
0: it is capitalism horror of every game okay i think that gives us an idea of who rachel is though i really like that
1: yeah that's that's pretty cool how that that works out i'm wondering um we need to answer the solo question we've got an okay perspective of some of the other family members i don't know if we know anything about karen Currently, aside from older sister, and she's probably overprotective. Yeah. Um, So I'm wondering, who do we want to roll the solo chart for?
0: Honestly, I'm not sure that we wanted to, because they're very, like...
1: They're very abstract.
0: Right, and I feel like if we're not going to do the whole journaling thing, then...
1: Yeah, so the solo part is basically you roll the three things uh, and you get three phrases like uh, heard the moon howl back, uh, hunted out in the fields of enemies, uh, escaped the lost labyrinth.
0: Felt the dreams of lost ancestors.
1: Yeah, sacrifice years to the moon's call. Like there's a lot of evocative phrases here
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you're supposed to take each of these phrases as kind of like. um Almost like a, an it's occasion. Like a prompt. Yeah, it's a prompt yeah. for for each of them. And you're supposed to write a, like a journal entry for each of these prompts for each of your family members, not for yourself. Right? Right. Uh, that is probably what takes up a crux of that three to four hour playtime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um, then you're going to do
0: stuff again for like your pack as a whole.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You're going to answer so, more
0: questions and then do some rolls and get some phrases again Um, became Mm -hmm. resistant to silver's bane saw the first wolf appear at the greatest need Um, yeah yeah
1: so there's a there's a lot of prompts in this game uh so what we're gonna do is we're gonna skip over the prompts for the sake of this episode because lordy we don't have the time for that no um but um i would like to move on and see kind of what this next step does entail Uh, Once you answer these questions and completed the solos, you answer these questions five through eight and roll another, this one's a D six, three times against the pack chart. And that's the stuff that Amelia was just talking about. And then you do more journaling there. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's see, this is, it looks like this is, you just do this once five through eight, once you don't do it for every, yeah, it's for your whole right. pack. Right. That's why we did the so, solo
0: ones are about each member of our f- family that we put on our tree. And then the pack yeah. ones are about your your pack as a whole.
1: Okay. Uh, do we want to go ahead and answer the pack questions then?
0: I suppose we could.
1: What is the pack best known for in the occult world?
0: Um,
1: is it interesting? Because this implies either A, only werewolves are part of the occult. Or there's also vampires, magic users, and all this other stuff that's, like, on the underneaths of society, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not really particular. I feel like the occult world can be whatever you want it to be. Exactly. It's just, like, what is your particular pack best at in yeah. that sort of supernatural?
1: Are, are we best known for that control?
0: Yes, I really like that.
1: Like, out of all the werewolf packs, we're the ones that figured it out. Mm-hmm. Pet impending,
0: right (laughs) yeah we've really like perfected it yeah how has Uh, the pack influenced the mundane world
1: that's a that's an interesting question
0: i feel like we've sort of established that they are trying to kind of move along with society and kind of be a part of it and i Mm -hmm. like while our family is you know like some of them are pretty paranoid about people finding out i think um our family overall or like our pack overall is one of the most integrated with regular society
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um so I, i think honestly a lot of it is just in the fact that we're part of the mundane world at all that we haven't hidden away and right you know
1: cuz cuz we don't have to fear like hurting people close to us or anything like that. Right. Accident.
0: That's true too. Yeah, we feel comfortable being able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, we still hide the fact that we're werewolves, but we're not afraid of being close to villages and, you know, things like that. Exactly.
1: I think we we use that to to basically um do we do we like keep an ear open to the like, society's views of the occult and, and like, gently nudge them in a positive direction?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was definitely thinking about that being part of, um, like, that question number three where we said that we kind of make sure that our families aren't discovered and, you know, like, we protect them and everything. I definitely could see us, like, as a pack, having, you know, like, people as members of the government or you know if you have a grandmother that is from the 1600s mm-hmm. and she invested in some apple stock at some point or you know oh, like
2: yeah.
0: the real you know what i mean like yeah i think we've got a lot of time to accrue some interest we have old money and so we i have think we can old money, yeah we can also like influence politics that way and i like
1: being not being politicians but influencing politics behind the scenes
0: yeah that's right you'd probably get discovered as a politician
1: yeah eventually you would have to retire right and just be like i'm getting too old for this even though i looked 40
0: right yeah that would start to (laughs) raise some questions um yeah so i think we're integrated into the modern world and we are sort of working uh behind the scenes to really advance understanding and kind of a an agenda of openness. Yeah. I mean, you can't really be like, werewolf rights. Um, but I think generally sort of advancing rights in general. And it's like, the you know, the more accepting we are of people with mental health problems and people with disabilities and, yep. you know, queer people, it's like that all paves the way for us yeah. to eventually, I don't want to say human rights, because...
1: Yeah. That's a little different. I do like uh, our pack being the social avengers of uh, the werewolf community.
0: Yeah. Uh, So we're kind of working behind the scenes to advance werewolf rights. I like that. Okay. Seven. Um, What is one rule the pack enforces and one rule the pack will always break for good reason?
1: That's so good.
0: Okay. So what's one rule we enforce? I think despite all of our work pushing for an agenda... We do not let anyone know. That's like a hard and fast rule for the pack. Yeah. You don't you tell people.
1: Don't tell people. Well, okay. I I wonder if that should be the second one. One that we break. We have that rule, but we break it with good reason. Because I have a feeling that um, our our mom and our grandma have gotten together with regular humans on more than one occasion. And... Well, they probably would have known at that point or at some point.
0: Oh, you mean like spouses or partners or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying.
1: So um, I, I wonder, like...
0: Maybe it's just that you don't let them ever see you in that form.
1: Yeah, that could be. I was also thinking, like, one unbreakable rule is, you know, uh, we don't go after people. We don't... Oh, Yeah. We don't attack people. We don't uh use our werewolf forms for that.
0: Um yeah, we don't kill people. Yep. And we will tell them more we're werewolves within reason. Yep.
1: Yeah. And what does the pack collectively wish to do with their power?
0: I mean, I feel like we've mostly answered that. Um
1: I think I think we want to exist openly.
0: Yeah, that's the, the like ultimate eventually
1: goal. down the line some one of our uh future generations can openly exist uh as werewolves in society and be accepted because we're not hurting anybody.
0: Yeah. I think so.
1: Yeah. All right. Um and then once you've responded to these questions you roll for yourself on the future chart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um which I believe is this last chart here, right? Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. So like the future chart here, the mo- moon hull back, operate openly in mundanity, broker a piece amongst wolves. There's a lot of interesting uh, prompts on there, too. Uh, I mean, but obviously, again,
0: I think operate openly in mundanity is really what the goal is. Exactly. You're supposed to roll, but I feel like that's the sort of story we've established here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and the game says you roll three times for yourselves and interpret what it all means. And, like, we we kind of went nice with this one, but, like, I think this one could, like, lend to some really intense storytelling.
0: Well, and the other uh, thing is that first set of questions we're supposed to answer for everyone, yeah. not just ourselves. So that, there's definitely room a for a lot intense. of more yeah. complicated stuff yeah yeah
1: exactly i know grandma's got some skeletons in her closet for sure definitely <laughs> and and that was lichen tree
0: yeah it's a yeah technically a solo journaling game so i think mm-hmm. um we've not really covered solo games but i really enjoyed this and it's kind of something i would like to try maybe
1: yeah. So. Maybe we can uh maybe we can collaborate sometime or if we want to do it ourselves, uh mm-hmm. it would be a lot of fun.
0: Hey, uh November is nano so
1: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can almost get fifty thousand words just on this alone. We could. There is enough prompts.
0: There is.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. So we did like tree. And yep. now we're going to move on to our second game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A Green Hour: The Dying Land by Jian Shim. What's in a
2: game?
1: Yeah, so this is a two-player game, a, a small amount of players, like our last game, which was only one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but this this one is <laughs> Thank much you faster, for,
0: like like the analysis, and <laughs> a small number, kind of like last time, which was one.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So, A Green Hour: The Dying Land is a two-player game. Um, takes about an hour or two to play. And uh, we do have some content warnings. Uh, you want to list those off, Amelia?:
0: Sure. Um, the content warnings that the games give, which again, same as last time, we have not covered it yet, so we can't we don't know that we'll get into all of this or not, but um, the content warnings directly from the game are intimacy, sexual content, and cultural pressure.-hmm
1: So uh, a bit different. Uh, you'll see kind of why we picked this one in a little bit the uh the game requires you to have uh paper, pens uh, and 2d6 per player. Um the goal of the game is to simultaneously explore the intimacy of humanity and the vastness of being a god. Uh it's a, it's a fantasy genre game, uh serious tone, gm-less format, uh and it looks really interesting.
0: Do you want to read that intro paragraph? Yeah.
1: So the intro uh, here says, In a green hour, you play as the scions of two ancient lineages. The land is dying. According to the temple, your arranged marriage will determine the fate of the land and the survival of the old gods by uniting the two of you into a new god. You stand before each other in the sacred, bower devoted to your union. Before dawn, you will create the mantles of your new existence. This is the last time you will converse as human beings with human worries and human hurts. Everyone awaits your return.
0: So, just, you know, everyday chill stuff. Yeah. You know, like normally how life is, right?
1: This is how romance works, right? We've all, we've all works, been right? there, right? Yeah. Yeah. This feels very high school romance level right. sort right.
0: of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except, you know, where the fate of the world depends on you and you're not going to be human anymore and,
2: you know. Exactly. That kind of stuff. Right. hmm Let's make some people.
0: So this says that you should read through the entire text together before you begin to play. Assume that as people brought up in the traditions of the temple... Both your characters consented wholeheartedly to the arrangement of your marriage and its duties. If that is a problem, this is probably not the game for you. So, Mm -hmm. Ryan, are we good with that?
1: I am good with that.
0: Okay. I am good with that, too. Wouldn't it be sad if we said no and that was the end of the episode?
2: (laughs) This was such a short episode. Yeah, it was really
0: short. Um, We're not going to go through and read everything out loud ahead of time. We've both read Mm -hmm. through this game. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we... We're cool with it. And you can come along with us for this journey. Mm-hmm. So, step one here. Who is your scion? As a scion of the last stewards, you take on the mantle of care for an aspect of the natural world. All right. So, you have two stats right now. You have honorable, um, which it will start as a three. You roll both of your d6s to. For honor, uh, to comfort your betrothed, fulfill your duties, and act on behalf of the temple. Later on, as we play, what those roles are will matter. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Um, because you can adjust your score based on the results of those roles. But we start with mm-hmm. that honorable at three.
1: Yep. And then there's impious, uh, which also does the same thing. It starts at three. Um, but you roll impious to reject the old gods, lash out emotionally, and betray the land.
0: So you're at three and three, and I'm at three and three. Yes. Now we have to name a scion. Of course. You have a birth name, but the moment that you were given to the temple, it was burnt as an offering, and the ashes vanished at dawn. Your temple name is blank.
1: If you are stuck for ideas, try one of the following as a springboard. Acanthus, Valerian, Madling, Stag, Zillus, Icar, Other.
0: Okay, I've been thinking about this. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I really want to be Madrigal. Madrigal,
1: that's a very good name. I think I will be Spark. Okay. Something simple.
0: Choose an old god. Gods are defined by what they have domain over, the tide, calm air, wildfires new growth, sunlight, rain. Together, name your god. Mm. So we got to pick something together.
1: Yeah. Do you have uh, any thoughts on what sort of dubbing? Um. Is this the god of uh, necromancy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Magical is not particularly necromancy-centric. It doesn't, yeah. Theme. Um, it's actually a... Secular vocal music um, from the Renaissance era, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Usually, it's multiple vocal parts. Um, and spark. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to think what what that makes together. Is it like a um, like maybe a festival god? I like new growth, and it's like one of the suggestions here. But I like new growth. Okay. And then we gotta name our God. Okay, hear me out. Yeah. Genesis.
1: Genesis. That's a that's a good
0: name. Okay.
1: For a new growth god.
0: Okay. Genesis it Go. is. Perfect. So Choose? the next step. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Choose a t- temptation. There's something that beckons you away from your fate. What is it? Mm. I'm assuming that this is a, an individual question. Uh, for each of us,
0: right? Uh, yeah, I guess something that beckons you away from your new, f- from your fate. What is it? Um. Mm-hmm. So the next question, um, choose attention. Your family is at odds with the family of your betrothed. Why is there bad blood, and how will your marriage heal it? I'm kind of wondering if we answer that one first. It might mm. give us a little more idea. Yeah, it could be. So so what's the deal with our families? Why are they not uh BFFs?
1: Gosh, this is this is very Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? It is, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Do we want it to be something petty or something
0: like big? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I, I feel like it's probably something big given the fact that like it's like fate of the world depends on us. Mhm. You know.
1: Okay. But like then how then how will our merging heal that rift between the families? I
0: think that there's a tension that like we potentially blame each other for this situation being this way at all. Mm. And it's like my family is sure your family is the one causing the dying of the earth. hmm And your family is sure that mine is. Okay. And like obviously the reality is that it's both.
1: Yes. So uh, both families are killing the earth.
0: Mm -hmm. Or I guess, I mean, have done something that, because it's not like this is, it's a fantasy thing. So it's not like, you know, just like pollution and over farming or like whatever. Um, It's
1: They've done something to add to the beginning of the end.
0: Like I mean, I feel like that they've like angered some gods or something like that, that I don't I don't think it's so direct as like, my family okay. did this thing and your family gotcha. did this thing. Like, you know, I feel like it's probably generations and generations and generations ago and we don't necessarily know the specifics of it. Mm-hmm. I prefer it not to be so like direct, like you killed the earth. Like, you know what I, I mean? Gotcha.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I like that.
0: I think they, they blame each other for getting to this point. And then obviously our marriage would heal it by like forcing them into being the same family, essentially.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I guess that didn't really help answer our temptation. I was hoping it would give us a little more to go off of, but it was yeah. a start. Um, Something that beckons you away from your fate. What is it? I feel like I potentially feel called by another God. Oh. That I'm not sure that like our marriage is the only way.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: This is the tough question.
0: For it is. Yeah. That's why I skipped to the next one, hoping it would I know. help.
1: Because <laughs> it feels like these individuals have been kind of like a part of this temple their entire lives,
0: right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it. it says that we've been brought up in the traditions of the temple and like we consented to this marriage and our duties and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like a i don't feel like it was a thing that was like sprung on us the night before you know right. it feels very much like like we were brought up to understand this is what was going to happen
1: exactly so like i'm i'm trying to think like um do i have some sort of like lifelong project or something that i want to finish or is there like you know something else that i've always wanted to do um and this will prevent me from doing that i think uh, my character's temptation is they want to be able to see the world for themselves, mm. because they've only experienced the world through what they were told.
0: Okay, but here's the thing: there won't be a world <laughs> if you do that.
1: There won't be a, there. There won't be a wor- <laughs> right. There won't be a world, and there won't be a world in its current state if we do go through with this. So, like, what? What if? the world's not as bad off as everybody keeps telling us.
0: Hmm. So you think this is some kind of conspiracy?
1: (laughs) I don't know about conspiracy per se, but more like, um, you know, we are doing this because we're told we have to. And like, nobody's let us just go gale eventing around the world in order to see how bad things really are across, you know, Yeah, cultures and stuff.
0: I suppose that's fair. You can you can believe that if you want.
1: Right. I think it's just something that like picks at Sparks brain.
0: Gotcha. All right. Uh, you wanna you wanna roll for some things? Yeah. Um, roll one d six for your ritual mantle. Mm -hmm. On the night of your wedding, you create a mantle that will become part of your new godhood. When you wear it, you are able to invoke its domain. Each player will roll for their own mantle. Wonderful. Should we read them all?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead. What do we got?
0: Okay. Well, should we just take turns, read every other? Yep. Okay. I will start with the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One, blood rites. (laughs) Don the blood of a sacrifice like a shimmering wet robe.
1: Oh, man. Seize embrace. Flood your bower and with a warm tide glowing with bioluminescence.
0: Verdant bed. Sow your garden with, the li- with living, tender, young plants that sprout from your body.
1: Saining season. Weave together the fox's crying riotous bird song, the wolves' keening chorus in an improbable perfect harmony.
0: Sweet waters. Stand tall under the torrent of summer rain that falls only over the bower, soaking through.
1: Root crown. Roots erupt from the leaf litter, shining bone white, and wind around you and your betrothed.
0: Okay, so these are
1: so evocative.
0: We each roll for one of these. Yes. Okay. All right, here we go. I got sweet waters. Ooh. It's, nice. It's,
1: I got sameing season.
0: Okay. They're fine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> not the ones I wanted, but you know.
1: I know. <laughs> exactly. Do it's you, it's not too bad. Do you
0: want to roll again?
1: Yeah. Okay. I well, I think I'm fine. Um like this creates a
0: yours definitely feels like it would be good for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's okay.
1: okay. But maybe that's why I have it. Yeah. Right? So that it works well with you, so that we are more bonded.
0: Yeah, mine just feels like it doesn't go with anything.
1: I think yours works as well. This torrent of summer rain—it's
0: just not um, speaking to. I'm gonna roll again. It's just not speaking that's to fine. me. Yeah,
1: you know? enthusiastic
0: uh, goodness. Oh, but then that leaves me with what you got. <laughs> uh. <laughs> root crown i will take root crown
2: root crown
0: yeah amazing that's pretty cool yeah okay all right so there are three parts to a game we part one is called alone together it's your last Mm -hmm. conversation is humans before your union and transformation part two of the game is a new god Your wedding altar is the loom on which you weave together your ritual mantles to create a single, powerful new land god. Part three ends the game with the path before you, which takes you down... which takes place 100 years from the events of a new god. Did you return to the temple and assume your sworn duties to the land, or did you run? At the end of each part, you'll both roll 2d6 twice, For the first roll, add the higher result to your honorable stat. For the second roll, add the higher result to your impious stat. So this goes back to like back in the beginning, we talked about rolls for those honorable and impious stats. Mm -hmm. For honorable, if you if both of your d sixes are higher than three, you write that higher number as your honor stats. You replace that three with whatever that higher number is. Mm -hmm. If you um, either of your d sixes are three or lower. You keep it a three. Yes. Um, impious is the uh, opposite, basically. If both your d6s are lower than three, you write the lower number. Mm-hmm. And if they're higher than three, you just take three.
1: Yeah. Um, and it sounds like as you're going through the scenes, like you could get to a six, right, for your honorable mm-hmm. or and a one for your impious uh, and and be happy with those but then you just do one more thing and that could easily change your stats because you have to roll above or below, right?
0: Yeah, because it's like if your score exceeds eight for honorable, you're granted a boon. If your score exceeds eight for impious, you have the option to deny your fate. Um, To do so will free you and you both will remain human, but your freedom has doomed the land. So, (laughs) um, yeah. I mean, as you go through... Each section, you are um, you're answering questions about yourself. You act out these conversations between the two of you. So mm-hmm. in alone together, my family stewards blank. I'm responsible for blank. Twining our two domains together will strengthen the land by blank.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then you have to sort of like there's some options to pick like what strikes you as beautiful about this other person. Um, what Mm -hmm. sparks a feeling of tenderness toward them? Um, yeah. So you're basically like kind of playing out these scenes between you as you lead up to the marriage over the course of these parts. And then when you get to the end of the game, you are, you're trying to decide, like, did you, did you end up returning the land? What happened there? Mm -hmm. Um, If you didn't, describe the disasters that befell the land in your wake.
1: Right, exactly. Do we want to at least answer the questions going through here?
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, we can do alone together, maybe. Yeah. All right. So for part one, alone together, answer the following prompts together, out of character, then act out a conversation between the two of you. So we're going to start by answering the questions here. All right. My family stewards blank. I am responsible for blank.
1: Let's see. It feels like feels like agriculture is big.
0: Well, it's going to be something about the land or the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, my family is in charge of, like, maintaining the balance of things. Of, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, making sure that things are pollinated and, like, you know. Yeah, I think their job is, is like, this ecological balance mm-hmm. of things.
1: Okay. So, like, making sure that the bees are doing their job and that there's not, like, a invasive species or stuff like that?
0: Yeah, and, like, you know how you sort of, um, you know, like, you rotate crops and, you know, so mm-hmm. you're not, like, completely destroying the soil from, like, one specific nutrient and that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. That sounds good, um, I think my family are the stewards of the forests um and and I'm like they they're they're there for um you know cutting down the lumber that we need, but making sure we don't cut down too much mm-hmm. um and replanting and like tending to things and whatnot right yeah, um, and I am responsible for tending to the saplings back at the temple,
0: okay. I would like to specifically be responsible for the bees. Oh, there you go. We love bees. We love our pollinators. They're great.
1: Absolutely.
0: Twining our two domains together will strengthen the land by...
1: I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, right? Right. Like,
0: they feel like they already go together. I think that my knowledge of, like, maintaining a balance of things and your knowledge of, like, the full life cycle of a thing... Um, would like sort of bring everything together to. Oh yeah. You know to be able to do that like across all of the land. You know. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes a lot it's of like, sense. Like I
0: think like we'd be able to like fully manage the life cycles of everything. Hmm. I like that. The life cycle of life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is really interesting, though. Uh meeting this is the first time you've laid eyes on your betrothed. So we've just blindly have gone into this and never have met or talked or anything before this point.
0: Well, I think this is like we're meeting in person for the first time. I would like to think, because like we've gone into this fully consenting and everything. I personally would like to think that like, I don't know, like we've exchanged letters for a long time or Mm -hmm. something like that. I personally would like to not go into it completely blind.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. That makes sense. You know, that like we have some
0: familiarity with each other, but maybe this is the first time we've actually like met in person.
1: Okay. I like that.
0: So what strikes you as beautiful? Choose one to two. Their hands, their bearing, their eyes, their voice. Mm. I'm going to say it's your hands um, because they're clearly like, they're hands that you've worked with, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like not a thing that I necessarily see a lot. I think, you know, like while we are responsible for that balance, I think a lot of it is more like theoretical kind of work. And I think that strikes me as something that's like, like you really do care about this, you know?
2: Mm hmm
1: say their eyes um very observational mm. um i think like it, it feels like your character would have like a uh, a good sense of what's around them at all times and um and and like taking things in
0: yeah what sparks a feeling of tenderness toward them their hands their bearing their eyes their voice um i'm gonna say it's your voice I think like from our exchanging of letters and knowing what you do and then seeing your hands and everything, like, I think I really expected you have this like very sort of like gruff voice and it's mm-hmm. like, it's just not what I expected. Right. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it's like super soft or anything. Like, I don't know in my head what it is, but I think it's just, it's not the sort of like hardened the lumberjack kind of mm-hmm. voice that I expected.
1: <laughs> that makes sense i'm going to say their hands okay um because uh, i i think your your hands would have kind of a uh a gentleness to them in how they interact with things mm-hmm. because you have to be so gentle with the bees mm. right mm-hmm. um that translates to um, you're very gentle soft touched sort of thing i think that makes sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah and then Basically, what would happen from here is that that your betrothed is the last person you will ever speak to as a human. Role play the conversation, touching on all the prompts you just answered in family and meeting. So everything that we just kind of came up with, we would Mm -hmm. talk through with each other. Um, Mm -hmm. Then you roll your D6s. And what does it look like if you receive either? Play it out.
1: That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see this game being like super intimate, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm already getting kind of like star-crossed vibes on these last couple of questions, right? Mm. Oh, you say that thing. about
0: like any <laughs> micro-romance game. You're like, oh, star-crossed just, vibes because we have to say what we like about each other. <laughs> like, I know,
1: that's fair. Um, I, I mean, it feels very different yeah, but, to me, but that's fair. Uh-huh yeah so that's that's the part one uh part two then goes into once you get all of that figured out and figure out if you are uh more honorable or impious uh effectively mm-hmm. um you make your new god together, yeah uh so your science now metamorphose into their new united form as a land god. The ritual has four parts named after the seasons. You enter the prompts for each season. Um, So autumn is what parts of your humanity die.
0: Winter, what parts of your humanity do you carry into your new existence?
1: Spring, what does your new body look like and what can it do?
0: Summer, what parts of the land do you reign over? And how does it celebrate your rebirth?
1: Yeah. And then you roll to see if you can get a boon or deny. Um, what does it look like if you see either and then play that out?
0: And then um the ending of the game. If you returned to the land as a god, describe the processional that sprang from the land as you returned to the temple. One hundred years have passed. You are the last surviving land god. What are your duties? What are your chores? What does it feel like to live as the last of your kind? Wild. Do you want to read the other part? And
1: if you denied your stewardship, describe the disasters that befell the land in your wake.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part three, the path before you. 100 years have passed. If you stayed human because you denied your duties after part one, you've been cursed to live until the land itself dies. If you transformed but ran before returning to the temple, you are a fugitive god. What does your life look like now? Has the land recovered from your absence?
1: Yeah. So this game like feels like it would be really intense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily like spooky, spooky. Um, mm-hmm. again, you know, like we we kind of said a little bit of that with I think like in tree too. We talked about how some of it is is unsettling more than spooky mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, but I think the idea of like the end of the world Mm -hmm. like resting on your shoulders yeah is a lot and I think that like when you start to talk about what would happen and Mm -hmm. you know all of those kinds of things like even what um you know what you are stewards of and things like that there's a lot of potential to get pretty dark there if you want to exactly yeah yeah yeah
1: it's it's really really uh it's a really poetic game. It feels like too, right? Yes. There's a lot of really cool stuff in here. You've got that mantle that like was very evocative. Mhm. And like I can see these scenes being like really uh like close and intimate, right?
0: Mhm. Yeah.
1: Like that 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 first and final conversation as humans.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, that's so crazy. It's like, this is the last time you're going to talk to another person as a human. Also, you just met them. Like, Mm -hmm. that's why part of me is like, I hope we exchange letters first. Because otherwise, like...
1: (laughs) Pen pals our whole lives. Yeah. Otherwise, that's kind of blocked. Yeah. (laughs) And and that's A Green Hour, The Dying Land. Oof. Uh, This is a very good game. Yeah. Uh, So... Yeah. I really both of these felt kind of journal. I mean, the first one was a journaling game. Mm-hmm. This one felt like a journal. Yeah, they're much game more storytelling
0: together. than mechanics based, for sure.
1: Exactly. Um, I I would be very interested to play out this game and kind of see how the mechanics actually work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that kinda steers the story, right? Yeah because right now it feels like there's no easy way to to say how this could go.
0: No, no, like it's, yeah, we couldn't do a fanfic with this one, I don't think, because we would no. need to know a lot more about yeah, ourselves. We, we could suppose a and, whole
1: bunch, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that that would work.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that was uh, Lichen Tree and uh, A Green Hour, mm-hmm. uh, The Dying Land. And uh, both of these can be found in the Ultimate Micro RPG book by James, uh, edited by James D'Amato. And uh, there is a lot of other amazing, spooky games out there. A lot of other amazing, spooky micro RPGs we had to pass up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so definitely keep your eyes open for them this month. I'm uh, glad we were able to make this work. Yes. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed the series.
0: I hope we've helped you find some inspiration. I would really love to hear if anybody plays some of these games with their groups. Obviously, not really the ones this week, probably. Um, (laughs) But I like how we were like, we'll get progressively spookier, but then we'll also get progressively less playable with your full group. (laughs) Oops. Okay, didn't maybe plan that one. Uh, It's fine. I don't know that we got progressively spookier so much as progressively more serious. Mm -hmm. Best laid plans. You know,
1: if it's this late in the season already, it might be hard to pull together a full group. So yeah. therefore, yeah. you're welcome.
0: Here you go. Yeah. Um <laughs> I really would love to to hear if people will play any of these games and how it went and what you came up with. Um mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. does does Astley. Right? Uh, <laughs> is he is he prom- prominently placed in your story? <laughs>
1: Yep. <laughs> we sure hope cultists. so. cultists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us.
1: Yep. We'll see you next time. Call to watch action.
0: Yeah, like that. In our efforts to get progressively spookier over the course of the month, I'm not sure we pulled it off. No. Um, we did get more serious. To get and more like serious, things that have potential kind of dark undertones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel like Legentry has has the potential to be kind of spooky. Oh yeah. Um, when you start like really getting into things and talking mm-hmm. about how everything works, and uh, like there there's a lot of potential there for things mm-hmm. to be more traditionally Halloween-ish. Let's say.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't think a green hour necessarily is that way i think there's i think again you could um depending on you know what you pick as your stewards uh, like to be stewards of and all Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff um probably in the course of some of those conversations that we didn't play out maybe yes um yeah they were they were darker and heavier exactly for sure
1: like you can choose in the in a green hour to forego your duty, right? That's and true. The end of the, the world, world can
0: happen, yeah, right?
1: exactly, and it can be a hundred percent your
2: fault
0: right 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 so <laughs> yeah, i mean it's so it really depends on like what is your definition of spooky? Is it yeah. kind of like creepy? Are you looking for horror? Are you looking for like you know vampires and werewolves and Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, you know. So it depends on what you're looking for. Um, yeah. all of the games definitely had dark tones to them, exactly.
1: So. It, it felt like these two games had a lot more introspection than the other yes, games, right? For
0: sure, for sure. I mean, one was a solo journaling game, so it's all introspection, right? <laughs> um, so,
1: and, and I mean, looking at ourselves, yes, can be spooky.
0: It can be. It can be.
1: <laughs> it certainly. The can scariest
0: be. monster is you.
1: <laughs> oh no. Is-
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we, got
1: we got there. We got there. We did folks.
0: it. We did it. Um <laughs> before we let you go for the day though, here are our calls to action.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just a reminder that our new friend, Trisha, from our amazing Die RPG game last month, is one of the people behind RoarCat Reads, which runs events, makes content, and hosts a community that is by and for LGBTQIA2S plus people. Uh, Their charity event is going live soon, And there is already a silent auction that had started ahead of the event's start time. So uh, you can get in on that. We'll have links in the show notes. Uh, We do have the little blurb that uh, Trisha had sent us. Uh, So I'll read that now. Roarcat Reads is back with their 5th online TTRPG streamathon and Silent Auction on Saturday, October 21st to raise $1000 for Rainbow Refugees Prism Collective to help an LGBTQ refugee to move to Vancouver. Follow RoarCatReads Reads on Instagram to stay up to date on all things queer and nerdy.
0: Unfortunately, um my health is not going to allow me to attend a catacon this year. Mm-hmm. I know I've kept saying like i'm gonna try and figure it out. we're gonna do it. it's gonna be great um, but it no <laughs> um, I really <laughs> hope to make everything work, but after talking it over with my care team, um mm-hmm. we decided that not attending is probably in my best long term interest. Yes, I'm disappointed. It sucks. Um, but that's how chronic health issues be sometimes. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I've got to do what's good long-term. So, yes, but also, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That said, Ryan will still be there. I will still be there.
1: Yep. (laughs) So I'll be, I'll be taking up the C3 mantle and- All uh, by by
0: yourself. Ryan represents all (laughs) interests of character creation cast.
1: Yes. Uh, So you can come to me with all your C3 needs. Um, I will be there. Uh, I may have stickers. uh, So we'll see. I'm going to be swinging by Amelia's place to pick up some uh, things that I need for the panel that I will still be running. Uh, And maybe I'll grab a little extra goodies uh, to kind of hand out at the con. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see how all of that goes. Um, but, uh, I will be there general admission, uh, for all of the events that I have out there, uh, went into effect uh, a couple Saturdays ago and events are uh, starting to fill up. So, um, one of my games is already full. Uh, another is nearly full. You're going to want to check those out. Um, uh, I've got three games that I'm running officially. Uh, two of them are, it's a magical beach episode. And one of them is our final gathering. Uh, And then there is the C3 panel on Friday evening uh, where I'm going to be walking uh, folks through creating groups of random characters uh, together uh, uh, with the audience. Uh, There's going to be a lot of uh, uh, audience participation. We're going to be using the random uh, character tables that we did in a previous series. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun if we can get the technology to work. And if uh, Amelia is coherent, (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we'll what see a if caveat can,
0: What a great caveat
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if uh, Amelia can join us via Zoom uh, during the panel uh, It would be a lot of fun to to have her virtually there um, So we'll see if we can get all of that lined up uh, If not, it'll still be a great time um, So uh, definitely consider joining us if you're going to be at a Catacomb that weekend
0: If you enjoy what we're doing on our show um you can directly support us um by checking out our Patreon. We have multiple tiers and all of them are amazing. Everyone gets access to our chit-chat episodes and bonus outtakes. There were a lot from this series, I think. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I generated <laughs> a fair number of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> um The $5 tier gets access to bonus episodes and early release episodes. The $10 tier includes video chats with us and other patrons um, and exclusive stickers every month, which they've been pretty fun so far. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the the next few months of making them.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, In addition to that, we will thank you personally on every single episode because you're amazing. And honestly, we really enjoy reading these. So we're going to do that right now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. we're going to start with thank you to Lieutenant and DJG, aka Tigranosaurus. We are so glad to have you backing us from the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eric Bons and Daryl Holiday II. Your support brings us so much joy.
0: Shadeem Cavall and the Shyest Barbarian. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks to Benjamin Sweeney and Lorcan McInnes. So glad to have you backing us.
0: We appreciate your support, Rob Fletcher and Kevin Brown. Thank you.
1: Thank you to Tentacle Duck and Cole McCallum. Your support brings us a lot of joy.
0: John Adamus and the killer kleptomaniac Koala Kids, aiming to steal the show with Carrie Kangaroo's Kicking Kazoo. Our deepest thanks.
1: <laughs> Carlos Salazar.
0: <laughs> I got it in one. Es-
1: you did. Good job. I got <laughs> Carlos Salazar and Eric S., you're the best. Thank you.
0: Ross Kingston and Ian Popmeyer, many thanks to you.
1: Sorry, Goth and Liam G. You rock. Thank you.
0: Brian Colm and the Garden GM. Thanks.
1: Dark Mirror and Tom. Many thanks to you.
0: Blue Kryptonite and Danny. Thank you both so much.
1: Thank you, Nicole Trainer and Liam Murray. Your support brings us a lot of joy as well.
0: Satwan Kungura and Kenning. Thank you for making all of this possible.
1: And thank you to Brian Kurtz. We are glad to have you here with us.
0: And thank you to all of our future supporters as well. Your assistance helps pay for the production of this show. Things like um, Ryan's fancy recording software, our Zoom account. Um, what else? we got like our Dropbox account, website, upkeep and um, all of that kind of stuff. I always feel like we say, you know, like it helps pay for this. And it's like, well, how much does it cost to talk into a microphone it turns out actually a lot so Mm uh thank you so much for helping out with all of that um you can join us on our patreon you'll be joining an incredible community on discord at discord.charactercreationcast.com which you can get access to even if you aren't a patron but patrons Mm -hmm. get special patron only channels too
1: absolutely Uh, Another way to really help us out is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, and Facebook. We'll read any new five-star reviews right here in our calls to action. And thank you personally. As of right now, we are still out of reviews again. Uh, Every review does help us out and helps others find the show uh, and really makes us uh, nice, warm, and fuzzy inside. So if you want to provide that for us.
0: Just to let everybody know, my birthday is coming up in like a month. So if you're thinking about like, what can I get Amelia for her birthday? Birthday Coming reviews. up pretty soon. Birthday is.
1: It's always a hit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so any help you can provide here will be very much appreciated.
0: That is it for our spooky month series. We're really glad you could join us. And we hope you got some ideas to take back to your own groups. Um, we hope to be back with one more episode this month. There are five Mondays, but we are two people. Um, so hopefully one That's more episode at least. And a um, lot of sickness this, this yeah, month. So. Yeah. If either of us can manage to not get sick again, which so far this month we've not had good luck with. No. Um, but, f- but fingers crossed, everybody. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Until then, take care, everyone. Stay safe out there. Drink some water. Spread some spooky joy. And keep making those amazing people. We'll see you next time.
1: Creation Cast is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network and can be found online at www.charactercreationcast.com. Head to the website to get more information on our hosts, this show, and even our press kit. Character Creation Cast can also be found on Twitter and Blue Sky at Creation Cast or on our Discord server at discord.charactercreationcast.com. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter, and I can be found on Twitter and Blue Sky at LordNeptune or online at LordNeptune.com. Our other host, Amelia Antrim, can be found on Twitter and Blue Sky at Ginger Reckoning. Music for this episode is used with a Creative Commons license or with permission from the podcast they originated from. Further information can be found within the show notes. Our main theme music is Hero Remix by Steve Combs and is used with a Creative Commons license. This podcast is owned by us under Creative Commons. This episode was edited by Ryan Bolter. Further information for the game systems used and today's guests can also be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support our show, find us on Patreon. Get access to bonus episodes, exclusive merch, and much more at patreon.com slash charactercreationcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we find that the best part of any role playing game is character creation. So go out there and create some amazing people. We'll see you next time.
2: Join us in the muck at System Mastery.